Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. To enter a, uh, a new series today, uh, it's called The Valley. And, um, you know, we, we all have those seasons in life when it feels like we're in the valley. You know, when, we, when you look around and it seems like there's mountains all around you, maybe they're mountains of doubt or uh, mountains of anxiety or worry or, or loss or, or addiction or stress or grief. And, and, and we know what it's like. We long to be on the mountaintop. We, 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 we long to be in that place where you get the view, where you have the, the, the light on you. We, we prefer the mountaintop experiences and moments in life, but the fact of life is that we all face valleys too. I'm, I'm sure you've all discovered this. We're all old enough, even the youngest of us sitting in here, to realize that we all go through valley experiences. They are unavoidable, but the question we have to ask ourselves is not whether they will come, because they, they do come, but how do we face these moments in our lives? How do, how do we get through them? How, how, how do we find some, some meaning and purpose in these valley moments or seasons? And ultimately, what does God want to do in our lives during this moment? You, you know, often we, we pray to see circumstances change, and, and we do that and we believe that. But oftentimes, uh, God's prayer uh, for you would be that you would allow the circumstances to bring change on the inside of your life to step into the destiny and the plan that he has for you. And so our, um, our key scripture for this series is a, um, is a fairly famous one. It's found in the book of Psalms. I'll read it for you. It'll be on the screen behind me. Psalm 23, uh, verses 1 through to 4. It says this, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leaves me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths for his righteousness. Sorry, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You know, right here this morning, I'm sure we can all identify these times when we feel like we've walked through the valley of the shadow of death. Maybe for you it was the loss of a loved one. Uh, maybe you're here this morning and you feel like this is where you are right now. Like maybe you're faced with, uh, with challenge or despair or, or, or maybe even just that sense of mundaneness, you know, the, the, the in the rat race, the feeling of what's the point, I'm just, you know, going through the, going through the motions. You know, speaking specifically about uh, this part of the Bible, uh, one commentary says this, it says, the shadow of death may be the shadow that death casts, or it may be a, a deep darkness. Um, it says perhaps the idea is that in, in a valley in the desert in Israel where, where, where this was set, one can encounter deep shadows and cannot know for sure who, so maybe bandits, thieves, people that are after you, or what animals, flash floods, lurks in them. Even in such periods of suspense and danger, the faithful find assurance that God is with them and thus they need not fear. You see, we often don't know what the outcome is going to be when we're in the valley. Yet, if we allow these valleys uh, to become, they, they can become places of great growth 
in our lives. And I believe particularly this morning and all through this series, there's a, um, there's a call from God to us to come out of the valley. The scripture that we read says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And I really believe this morning that, that God's wanting to call some people out of the valley. But, but, but he's not, it's not like some, you know, just, you know, be super positive and just think positive thoughts and you'll get through and, you know, amen, bless your brother, like say all those things and you'll just, you, you'll just make it through. No, no, there's an authentic call from God to say, would you trust me? Would you listen to my voice because I want to lead you out? You know, the psalm that we read, it starts with the Lord is my shepherd, which means he is the one that's leading me. He is the one whose voice I follow. You know, Jesus is not a, a shepherd who's like behind us, driving us, you know, cracking a whip, got his little border collar there, nipping at our heels, saying, come on, come on, you know, push, push through, push through. No, no, the, the, the picture, the shepherd picture that the Bible gives us is of Jesus being out front, leading us by his voice. Tim Keller says this, we... Well, I always quote Tim Keller, but anyway, we'll, we'll, keep, we'll keep going. He'll, he'll come back as well later in this message. But he says this, Valleys are not always caused by sin or a lack of faith. Sometimes they are. We all know that. We do dumb stuff. We're like, God, why have you given me a tough assignment? He's like, because you're an idiot and you made a dumb decision and that's why you're there. But it's not always like that. It's not always like that. Sometimes they just happen and we have to trust that God will use them for good. Use them for good. The Bible says this in Romans 8.28. It says, And we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God to those who are called according to His purpose. Notice that this is different to the often used saying, you know, it's all good. And, you know, as Aussies, we love, um, we love shortening things. You know, so avocado is what? Avo, mayonnaise is mayo. So when I'm, when I'm on holidays in Jero and I go to the bolo, I order an avo and mayo sanger. You know, that's, we, we, love, we love shortening stuff, right? We love shortening things. And so we shorten even that, it's all good, to just all good. But the Bible doesn't teach that it's all good. The Bible actually teaches that bad things happen to good people and that good things happen to bad people. Psalm says the rain falls on the righteous and the unrighteous. But here in Romans, what the Bible's teaching is that God is so infinitely more powerful and wise than anything else that he can even work those things that are bad. Those things that are challenging, those things that shouldn't have happened, the poor decisions that we make, the poor decisions that other people make, whatever we're going through, God can work them together for good. There's no denial in the Bible of evil, of bad things happening. There's just an almighty, all-powerful God that is so far above that He can work that together for good to those who love God, serve Him, and walk according to to his purpose. And, and so over these number of weeks as we look at this series, The Valley, we're going to, to look at some different valleys that we face. And so the first one uh, that we're going to start today is the valley of doubt. 
the valley of doubt. You see, oftentimes we can think of doubt as being something to completely avoid. You know, when it comes to God and faith, if we have doubts, we must either be, you know, like a bad Christian or maybe like faith is not for us as well because, you know, I'm a doubter, so, you know, I can't follow Christ. I I can't love Him. But, you know, we live in such a skeptical world, it's so easy to fall to, into doubt. You know, I, I remember for some strange reason, you know those random childhood memories that you're like, why do I remember this clearly and like these other things that my parents or people tell me about, but I've got, I've got no idea. So anyway, this is one of my random childhood memories. I should maybe get a couch. It's like my therapy session right here, okay? <laughs> so, so, so you're with me on this. But, so I remember, being in, um, I remember being in kids' church and I think I was about 10 years old, and the leader was sharing a, um, a, a testimony, a story they'd heard somewhere of this lady that was driving a car, and, um, you know, she's going, going quite fast, and she was coming up to a spot where she needed to brake, and she put a foot on the brake pedal, but they just didn't, they, they didn't work. There was nothing there. And so in this testimony, the, the kids' leader's like, then she, you know, cried out to God, and she tried the brake pedal again, and this time it worked, and she, and she stopped, and it was a miracle. And I can still remember as a 10-year-old boy thinking, mm, I don't think that happened. For, for some, for so, you know, because 10-year-olds know everything. <laughs> You know, I, I, it's so weird. I remember actually, I think the week before I'd read some book about cars where it said that some new cars have drum brakes and disc brakes. And so in my little 10-year-old brain, I said to myself, oh, it must have changed over the brake system then and that's why it worked. Like how, how crazy is that? Why? Because we live in this skeptical world. There's like doubt all around us. You know, and as we look um, at the Bible, We see many of God's followers have doubts. Obviously, last weekend was Easter, and probably the most famous doubts come from one of Jesus' followers, one of the 12, a guy named Thomas. Um, He'd followed Jesus like the rest of them for about three years. Then when Jesus was was resurrected and appeared to them, he he was MIA, and he famously says, this is John 20, verse 25, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, Jesus turns up, and in the Australian Revised Version, he says, okay, mate, check it out, you know, try and see. You can put your fingers here and, and, and check all this out. And um, Thomas ex- exclaims, he says, my Lord and my God. And in that moment, Thomas is transformed. He actually goes on to, to preach and cast out demons, and it's not in the Bible, but church tradition has uh, Thomas preaching as far east as India and then being martyred for his faith, uh, apparently a spear, a spear through him. But, but this is the most famous doubter that encounters God, encounters a risen Christ with his doubt, and he's transformed. You see, doubt didn't disqualify Thomas, and I want to encourage you this morning that doubt does not disqualify you. If you have doubt, it's okay. It's okay. In fact, if you're taking notes, which we all do here, you know, copious amounts of notes all the, all the time, you can write down number one is this, is that doubt is a normal part of faith. It's a normal part of faith. Just like the valleys are normal parts of our lives, doubt is a normal part of faith. Doubts are a natural part of our human experience, including our Christian faith. It's okay to have questions and uncertainties. And God can handle our doubts. When he sees someone doubting, he's not like, oh no, 
Fred's got doubts. Quick, angels, gather around. Let's get a strategic plan together. How are we going to help Fred to, to overcome his doubt? No, no, God is not put off by your doubts. He, he, he's wise enough. He's powerful enough. He's, he's big enough. He can handle our doubts. The Barna Group, which is a, uh, a Christian research group in the U.S., uh, they, they uh, found in their report in 2017, they found that 65% of adults who self-identify as Christian question what they believe about religion and God. You see, we all have doubts. If you have doubts about your faith, I want to encourage you this morning, you are not alone. We are all in the same boat. David, uh, known as Israel's greatest king in the Old Testament, wrote this in Psalm 13, verse 1. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? Job wrote this in Job 13, 15. Though he slay me, talking about God, yet I will hope in him. You see, God is patient and loving. He understands our struggles, our questions, and our doubts. Like, like I said, when Thomas expresses doubt in a risen Jesus. Jesus doesn't chastise him, but instead he helps him see the truth more clearly. You see, doubt is normal. However, it's not a virtue to be pursued. Like, like don't leave saying, yeah, great message, Marty. I'm going to come out of here and like, let's doubt more. You know, come on. This is, this is great. So, 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 so amazing. No, no, that's not the point. Don't switch off now. I'm going to be like, I've taken my best notes. Now Facebook, or no one does that. You know, whatever. Um, this is Matthew 21, 21. Jesus replied, truly, I tell you, if you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what was done to the, to the fig tree, but also you can say to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and it will be done. James 1.6 says this, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave on the sea blown and tossed in the wind. You see, doubt is not a virtue that we go after, but we understand it's just a normal part of our Christian walk. Oswald Chambers says this, doubt is not a sign that a man is wrong. It is a sign that he is thinking. See, doubt can be a gift if we use it to seek God. Doubt can be a gift if we use it to seek God. So, so number one, we've got to understand that doubt is a normal part of our, of our Christian faith, of just our human existence. But number two is we need to seek answers to your doubts. Seek answers to your doubts. You see, instead of ignoring or suppressing doubts, uh, our, our heart is to seek to understand them by seeking answers through prayer, by seeking answers through reading the Bible, seeking answers by talking to trusted Christian friends or pastors or mentors. You see, God promises to give us wisdom and guidance when we ask for it. This is James again, James 1.5. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. Proverbs 2, 3 and 5. Indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as silver and search for it as a hidden, for a hidden treasure, then you, will, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. You see, we're to seek answers for our doubts. We're not to just sit in them or even try and work them out ourselves, but we're to seek, seek answers for our doubts. Uh, you know when you're watching a, uh, watching a movie, maybe a, a, a thriller type of movie, 
and there's, um, you know, there's two people and they're being chased and they're out maybe in the dark bush somewhere and, and they're there and they, and they say to each other, they do the dumbest move because we've all seen the movie so we know they're like, all right, let's split up and go, and, and go a different way and you're just there and you're like wanting to shout at the, at the screen like, do not split up, don't, it's the worst thing. But I don't shout at the screen because I'm not one of those annoying people that talk during movies. Like, you know, oh yeah, you know what I'm saying? They're like, what's happening here? What's going on? there or they or they yell instructions to the um yeah do we have any people like that in here it's all right we'll pray for you after it's fine it's fine some husbands and wives are like yep that one that one but you're like don't do it stick together stick together yeah, there's something, there's something about that. You're like, you're not, you're not, you're not doing the right thing. And so, you know, all the, all the, all the people that love, that love talking back. We love you in church. You're slightly annoying in movies, but you know, but we, but we, but we love you anyway. In fact, we were um, this week. We were down in um, in Margaret River, and we went to the to the giant cave. And um, we were getting the, um, you know, like the lowdown from the, from the guy. Really nice, really nice guy. Super passionate about caves. Uh, he was awesome. His name was Rusty, I even remember. And, uh, and, he, and, and he's, you know, giving us the rundown on the cave. And um, the Pentecostal, Pentecostal pastor couple were like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. And like Rach is always, you know, extra exuberant. She's like, oh, yeah, that's good. And I could just see one of our daughters looking at us like, oh, my gosh, like, shut up. Just let him talk. <laughs> we're like, we're encouraging. We're encouraging. <laughs> but, you know, we have, we, it's right. If you're not there yet, we'll get you there. It's okay. We'll get you there. We might even bring out little clappers for you. Like, we'll get, we'll get there, right? Okay. Just don't, yeah, that's right. Just don't do it in movies, but do it here, right? But at church, we have this saying at Elevation, okay? We're better together. We're better together. You see, during times of doubt, God has called us to seek community, not to shun it. To seek godly men and women that you know. That, that's one of the great gifts of the church. It's the gathering together with like-minded people who can encourage us, who can spur us on, who can walk with us during our doubts, during our questions. They might be your family. They might be your friends. Maybe it's someone in your life group. Maybe a mentor that you look up to in church. Maybe even your pastors. We may even be somewhat helpful. Who would have thought? But whatever you do, do not go off alone doesn't work in the movies. It doesn't work in life. It, time and time again, it saddens me when I see people wrestling with doubt and they try and work it out themselves. It never ends well. And, and, it, and it's as if, which is totally, when you like, think about it logically, it just doesn't work. It's as if people want to withdraw away from God and the church to get themselves right, as if we could get ourselves right enough and then come back once they've got it figured out. Can I tell you, you will never have it figured out. Never. You will never be good enough to come back. Guess what? None of us are good enough to turn up. But we do. Why? Because we're on a journey together of discovering more about God, of letting go of doubt, of taking hold of faith, and going, come on, this is something different. My great mate Tim Keller says this again. Doubt is like a current that can carry you away, but community is like an anchor that keeps you grounded. Doubt is like a current that takes you away, but community is an anchor that keeps you grounded. You know that uh, Barna report that I talked about uh, said, whatever it was, 64% of, um, of professing Christians all, all struggle with doubt. They also then double-checked 
about times of doubt and whether uh, these professing Christians were connected to a faith community, to a church. And they found that um, they found that 80% said their time of doubt, those that were connected to church community, 80% said their time of doubt actually strengthened their faith. Those outside of the community, only 34% came out the other side saying that their faith had been strengthened. You see, there is power in being in community. There is power in being involved. When I was struggling with God as a teenager in church with doubt and the pressures of the world, I, I, I was still involved. I was still serving. I was still sticking at it, even when I didn't, didn't feel like it. Sometimes we feel like we have to have our, our stuff all together to, to serve God and serve in the house. No, serving in the house, it works both ways. It helps to bring us in to the community. It's like, oh, I see that planning center. I'm on this month. That's right. I better, I better be there. There's something about it that strengthens us in community. So number one, we've got to understand that doubt is a normal part of life. Number two, we need to seek answers to our doubts. And number three, we need to trust in God's faithfulness and promises. Trusting His faithfulness and promises. You see, God's faithfulness, we trust in it even when it doesn't make sense. Even when we don't fully understand or have doubts, we remember that God is sovereign, that God is in control, and that he loves and he cares for us deeply. As we keep our focus on Jesus and his sacrifice for us, and as we allow the, the Holy Spirit to come and fill us, what, what, what happens is our doubt, we start to give it over to God. We start to give it over to him. We, we allow God's presence and his power in our, in our lives. Maybe Justin can come and join me as we, as we wrap up. Elysians, uh, that's an interesting one. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says this, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to Him and He will make your path straight. Philippians 4, 6, and 7, Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. See, Matt Chandler says, the greater your knowledge of the goodness and grace of God on your life, the more likely you are to praise Him in a storm or to walk through the valley with Him. There's, there's, there's something powerful about trusting God trusting that He is faithful. He's faithful to His promise. He's faithful to keep us. He's faithful to endure with us. Now, I remember uh, many years ago now when our, um, our eldest was about one and a half, we were at a pre-service um, prayer meeting and it was, up in the, it was up in the kids' room in a church in Sydney, in Seven Hills actually. And um, there were these, these two, um, you know, like stage boxes and she had been, you know, just recently walking. And there was a, um, there were these two stage boxes, but there was like this little gap in between each one. And, and as we're in this prayer meeting, she would run up to this gap, see this gap that's this big, and then be like, turn around and run back. And she did that like five, six, seven, seven times. And I remember looking at that. And the next time she got to it, I just held her hand and went, you can, you can walk across. You know, it was like this big. And then she's like, oh. And suddenly... Once she walked across, she's like, oh, I'm fine. And then so she just ran up and down two of them together instead of, instead of, instead of just one, right? But, you know, as a father, I had the, 
the zoomed out view. I could see the gap that was stopping her, but knew that there was, that there was something on the other side, that, that the gap was only small. And, and you see, I believe that Father God wants to do that for many people here this morning. That gap of doubt, God, God wants to, to take you over it. He has the zoomed out view. We, we, get, we get stuck sometimes, just, just so zoomed in. He's got the you know, iPhone 0.5. Like he's, he's, he's out there. He can see wider than you can see. He understands more than we can understand. He has the zoomed out view. He's in control. And when you trust in His faithfulness, His promises, no matter what the valley is like now, He will not only guide you through, but during that time you will walk closer to Him and discover the greatness and faithfulness of God. You see, whatever our doubts are, remember the the normal part of our Christian life. But when we have them, we ensure that we don't go alone and that we trust in His faithfulness and His promise. And see, this morning, maybe, maybe you're here and you're in a valley of doubt when it comes to God Himself when it comes to the, the claims of Jesus in general. You're like, I, I, don't, I don't know if I can wrap my head around a loving, all-powerful God that wants to have a relationship with me. But, but I want to tell you what's true. He loves you. He cares for you. He has a plan and He has a purpose for your life. And so, and so we're going to take a moment now to bow our heads and close our eyes. And if you've never made that decision before, or maybe you've made it a while ago, but something's come to, to sever and to cut that tie. I want to encourage you this morning that you can make a decision to follow Christ. So if you're here, and if that's you, you've never made that decision before, or you know something's come against that to, to sever that tie, and you want to make a recommitment to Christ this morning, if that's you, would you just lift your hand right now where you are? I'll see it. You can put it back down and we'll pray together. Is there someone like that this morning that wants to say yes to Jesus Christ? We thank you, Lord. We thank you that you're speaking to people's hearts and lives. We thank you right now, Jesus. Church, would we pray this prayer out loud? Would you pray it with me? Dear Lord Jesus, this morning I give my life to you. From this day forward, I'm going to love you and I'm going to serve you. Thank you for your forgiveness. Jesus, I accept you. Amen. Maybe you made that decision, didn't lift your hand. You can fill out one of our red cards. Tick, hey, I'm committing my life to Christ because we want to do a journey with you and we want to walk beside you to see God fulfill His promises in your life. But you know, this morning before we close, uh, I, I believe there's, there's some others here and you don't doubt God. You don't doubt His existence or, or who He is. You don't doubt that He can perform miracles or turn situations around or, or bring transformation. But you do doubt that He'll do it for you. You do doubt that He can move in your family or your situation or with your friend group or whatever you're facing. For me personally, this has been the greatest area of doubt in my life. 
to be, okay, God, I, I believe in you. I believe the testimony that you have. I hear of the miracles, but God, do you care enough about me or will, will you do it in me? Will you do it in my situation when I'm believing for a miracle, when I'm in the valley of the shadow of death, when I'm looking around and the walls look so high and, and the valley looks so dark, will you actually move in my life? I believe this morning God wants to call many people out of the valley of doubt. Come on, He can do it for you. He can move in your life. He can change your situation. He can put a transformation. It says that He removes a heart of stone and He puts in us a heart of flesh. He can come and fill us with His presence and with His power. God cares about you. Today, He loves you. And so this morning, I'd love you to, to stand, stand together. We're going uh, to sing the bridge of that song, Goodness of God, a couple of times. But, but, but I want to let you know this, it comes, you may know this, but it comes directly, directly from the end of that Psalm 23, where it says, Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life.